For you created me in my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. The New Testament reading is taken from Matthew chapter 28, verses 16 to 20, the Great Commission. Then the disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always the very end of the age. This is the word of the Lord. Good morning. Oh, I've got a croaky voice. Good morning. <clears throat> Sorry, good morning. Hello. My name is Lissy. It's a real honor and privilege to be here with you this morning just to share a few words about these beautiful passages. Thank you, Colin, for reading them so heartfeltly, really gorgeous. And we've already been on the heights and in the depths and having faith and doubt and having great calls. We've been ranging through so many expressions already of life. And we are working our way through a series of Jesus's I will statements. And at the end there of Matthew chapter 28, we have that statement, I will, I am always with you, even to the end of the age. So that's what we're going to just think a little bit about this morning. I am always with you. There's nowhere that we can go from God's presence and there's nothing that can separate us from God's love. So Lord, we just ask that the meditation of all of our hearts, the words of my mouth, would be pleasing and acceptable to you, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. As I was growing up, my mom was a great one for reading us books, and I've brought one of our kind of classic books from our house, and I'm going to share a few pages of it with you this morning, so hopefully you can see me at home. This book is called The Runaway Bunny. Once there was a little bunny who wanted to run away. So he said to his mother, I'm going to run away. And his mother said, if you run away, I will run after you, for you're my little bunny. If you run after me, said the bunny, I will become a fish and I'll swim away from you. His mother said, if you become a fish and swim away from me, I will become a fisherman and I will fish for you. So the little bunny said, if you become a fisherman and fish for me, I will become a bird and I'll fly away from you. If you become a bird and fly away from me, said his mother, I will become a tree 
that you come home to. If you become the tree that I come home to, said the little bunny, I will become a sailboat and I'll sail away from you. If you become a sailboat and sail away from me, said his mother, I will be the wind and I'll blow you to where I want you to go. Ah, shucks, said the little bunny. I might as well just stay here and be your little bunny. And so he did. Have a carrot, said his mother. Such a sweet, creative, childlike story, which I think must be based on these beautiful verses that we've just heard in Psalm 139. Where can I go from your presence or flee from your spirit? If I fly up to the heavens, if I go to the depths, you're there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn or settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. You see, we are literally incapable of swimming or sailing or flying or thinking or sulking or sinning our way out of God's presence because we are God's little creatures. You knit me together in my mother's womb, the psalmist says. I was recently listening to a podcast by James Finley in the States who is reflecting in a series of episodes on St. Teresa of Avila's uh, The Interior Castle, that great mystic piece of writing. And in the podcast, James Finley said this, and this is about who we are. If, on the count of three, God were to cease loving you into this present moment, then on the count of three, you'd vanish completely. For you are nothing, you're absolutely nothing, apart from the infinite love of God pouring itself out and giving itself away as the very reality of yourself and others and all creation. So in other words, you begin and end as an expression of God's love. We are finite creatures whose very existence is the infinite God expressing infinite love. I, have, I love that, that phrase in Deuteronomy chapter three, the eternal God is your refuge and underneath are the everlasting arms. I have a picture of the everlasting arms, this eternal, eternal field of love out of which we are created, finite, tiny, limited, human creatures. We're little creatures. We are creatures out of the expression of God's infinite love. So therefore, if we are finite creatures in the arms of God's infinite love, it is totally impossible, again, for us to fly or swim or think or sin our way out of the loving presence of God. I am with you always. There's nowhere we can go from his presence. And 
nothing can separate us from his love because God is not only the creator, God is not only the everlasting arms, the infinite source of love, he's also Emmanuel, God with us. In, in Paul's letter to the Philippians, he writes, Jesus Christ, who being in very nature God, Jesus, who is in the infinite reality of God's very self, made himself nothing, taking on the nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. Jesus chose, because of who God is, because God is the God who is with us, Jesus chose to take on our small and limited and frail and finite self, the human self, in order to be with us. I've heard it say that the greatest sacrifice Jesus made was not on the cross, but actually at Christmas. Leaving that infinite presence of God's love was a much bigger step than actually what happened on the cross. And I don't know about you, but I find this human life to be such a mind-boggling mix of beauty and love and hope and amazement alongside pain and agony and despair and heartache and horror with a really good dose of just sort of the mundane and ordinary and awkward and annoying all stirred in for good measure. And it's into this great mix that Jesus stepped and says, I am with you always in the glory, in the beauty, in the mundane, in the pain. We're invited to know Jesus as a companion, as a friend, with us. I am with you. It was hard of me. It was hard for me to think about this sermon and about this truth and about uh, this promise that Jesus makes without equally thinking about my friends who are in the awful trenches of pain right now. And I'm sure if you're not in a series, a season of pain right now yourself, you know somebody who is. But pain and suffering is such a powerful and tricky dynamic in our human experience. So whether we or our dear ones are facing a diagnosis or the ravages of mental health or abuse or, um, I don't know, bereavement, the effects of racism, there are so many things that squeeze us hard and can often make it feel like the I will be with you is just far away or irrelevant or hard to get hold of. But I think we really need to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus, don't we? Who didn't come with, um, who, who didn't come into our reality just to pick up the, the pretty and lighthearted pieces of it. I've had the privilege of um, being introduced to the Ignatian way of praying through the Gospels, where we really engage imaginatively with the Gospel stories. I know lots of you have gone there as well, but, you know, to be in my imagination, in the scene with Jesus, to feel the wind on my cheeks, to see the look in his eyes, to have a deep sense of the emotional atmosphere in the room. And when I pray through the Gospels with Jesus that way, I can't but be very aware of the depths of pain and suffering that Jesus experienced himself in the wilderness, right through the events of Holy Week, and at lots of other moments in between. 
I think we can safely say there was not an aspect of human suffering that Jesus was not acquainted with. So there really is, as Paul writes to the Romans, nothing in all of creation that can separate us from God's love, no matter how awful or pressurized or shameful or horrible circumstances might become. None of those things are ever powerful enough to separate us from the love of Jesus. And because we know that our friend Jesus walked through those painful roads himself, we know that those everlasting arms are actually marked with the scars of the nails from the cross, which I think it gives a very profound credibility to the words of the resurrected Christ when he says, I am with you, truly with you in all moments and all circumstances. I am with you always. There's nowhere you can flee from God's presence. There is nothing that can separate us from God's love. So I just want to invite you to take a few minutes. We're just going to spend, I don't know, three or four or five minutes just taking a time to quietly reflect on our own minds and hearts about the landscape of our lives. So um, I invite you just to t maybe, if you want to maybe close your eyes, if you want to sit up straight, if you want to stretch a little bit to wake up your body, and then find a position where you can just settle. If you're at home and you have little ones in the room, maybe we could find a book for them to look at for the next few minutes. And if you are a little one at home, I would just ask you to give the older people in the room with you a little gift of a few minutes to talk to God in their hearts. So what I want to invite you to do is first of all, just maybe you can imagine that Jesus is sitting beside you right now in this very room at this very moment. I am with you even here. And I just want to invite you just to take a moment to do a little stock check of some of the dynamics in your exterior life right now. So what are some of the events and activities and roles that occupy your time through the week? Just make a note in your head. Where do you go and what do you do? And now I invite you to bring one of those activities or places to mind. And to see yourself in that role, in that part of your life. And now if you can, to vividly bring a picture of Jesus there with you, alongside you, in that place and in that dynamic. And I just invite you to explore in your mind for a minute, what does it look like to have Jesus with you in that space. And what are the implications of Jesus being with you in that place?
Now, if something rich is happening in your mind and heart as you think about that, do stay there. Otherwise, I want to now invite you just to take a little stock check of your interior life. So some of the thoughts, emotions, motivations, hopes, fears, reactions that are common to you, that come to you regularly, just note what your interior world is like these days. And of course, once again, I invite you perhaps just to pick one of those dynamics that's very present to you right now. And again, if you can, vividly to see Jesus there with you. What does it look like for Jesus to be with you in that thought pattern or in that fear or in that hope? Maybe just think for a moment as the band starts to come back, what are the implications of Jesus being with you in that part of your heart and mind? And now I just want to invite you just to take one minute in your mind to talk to Jesus as the friend and companion that he is. Just tell him what's been significant for you this morning perhaps as you've been worshiping, or perhaps just there's something on your mind generally, just take a moment now to chat to him about that. Dear Lord Jesus, we thank you that you are the God who is with us. Thank you that we cannot think or shame or fly or swim our way out of your eternal love. Would you give us the maturity and the capacity and the wisdom to know how to open our hearts to invite you to be present with us in every moment. Open our eyes, Lord. We want to see you here alongside us. Thank you for your presence and for who you are. Amen.